This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. This message is not going to be politically correct. This message will not, it will, uh, well, offense will come. I said offense will come, but the Bible says you don't have to be offended. That's what the Bible says. Offenses will come. So this message might offend you, but we've already prayed and went to an altar, so you should receive it with joy. Amen. How many know, how many want to go to heaven? Yeah, that's about half of us. I guess I didn't raise my hand either. How many want to go to heaven? Marvin, it's good to see you today. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Darla's here today. I saw her. God bless you. Emily, it's good to see you again. Um, I want you to open your Bibles and stand with me for a couple Maybe just one or two scriptures here. Um, Raphael, we're going to go to Proverbs 23. I feel the Holy Ghost right now, and I I need you to hear me today. I don't think I've ever said this before, but if there is any service that you do not want to walk out and use the restroom, this is the service you don't want to do that in. Because I need you to hear me today. Some of us are going to, you'll try to distract yourself from the word of God, but do not fall prey to the deception of being distracted. Proverbs chapter number 23, verse 22 and 23. Hearken unto thy father that begat thee. In other words, listen to your parents. Listen to those who have gone on before. If you're above 30, 40, 50 years of age, you still need to listen to your mom and dad every once in a while. Because you ain't got it all figured out. If you don't, mother and father has passed on, there is still somebody you should be subjected to that you can listen to. You always need somebody in your life that will trump your decision. You always need somebody in your life that says, no, you shouldn't do that. And then you should be submitted to that person to say, you know what? I may not like it, but I will submit to you. But the Bible says, hearken unto thy father that begat thee. And despise not, we got to get on the moms too. But despise not thy mother when she is old. Young people, respect your elders. Because you think you got the world by the tail, you ain't got nothing. The world's got you when you think you got the world by the tail. Hearken unto thy father that begat thee and despise not thy mother when she is old. And then verse number 23, buy the truth and sell it not. Now we stop many times at that portion of scripture But there are three other things in this scripture that we have to buy and don't sell. It says, buy the truth and sell it not. Also, wisdom. Buy wisdom and sell it not. Buy instruction and sell it not. 
and buy understanding and sell it not. We have got to come to the truth and understand the truth. But we also have to understand when wisdom comes talking, we have to buy it and sell it not. When instruction comes talking, we have to buy it and sell it not. And when understanding comes to speak to our heart, we have to buy it and sell it not. That's about the crux of my message. So if you ain't behind me now, then you might as well go ahead and leave. I don't know. But buy the truth and sell it not. Somebody say amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. The residents of Oniyoshi, Japan, heeded the warnings of their ancestors. They obeyed directions and wisdom. In other words, they understood instruction and wisdom found on a local stone monument. On this monument, it said, do not build any homes below this point. It reads, high dwellings are the peace and harmony of our descendants. Our descendants. Remember the calamity of the great tsunamis. When the 2011 Tohoku uh, earthquake and tsunami devastated Japan. Many of us remember that. This village that had this stone erected sat safely above the high watermark. Hundreds of such tsunami stones dot the coastal hillsides of Japan. Planted decades or even centuries ago, they commemorate the past disasters and warn residents of future disasters. Living in Japan means facing a long history of periodic and unpredictable earthquakes and tsunamis that follow them. The country is well prepared, but Tohoku earthquake and tsunami was still very, very devastating. When a tsunami does hit, age-old questions inevitably resurface about how to best rebuild the city. An architect by the name of Alistair Townsend summarized the options to rebuild. He said, number one, either rebuild on higher land at a higher cost in a new location or rebuild flood-proof buildings on existing plots or perhaps rebuild as before and put faith in higher seawalls. Each choice they found to be problematic. Building higher is difficult in a country where 74% of the land surfaces in mountainous uh, region. Stabilizing structures on slopes against earthquakes is also very challenging. Flood-resistant housing designs are legislated in Japanese building codes, yet engineering can only do so much against the massive walls of water. Man would try to build massive walls, but it could not stop or slow down the tsunami waves that were on their way. But they would help save some people from their homes and towns during the last big disaster. In short, none of these solutions are perfect. In Enoyoshi, a village leader named Kimura praises his forefathers for putting a stone marker in place. My God. 
and said, if you adhere to this stone and adhere to this monument or adhere to this warning, there will be no need to rebuild. They knew the horrors of the tsunamis. They erected that stone to warn us, he said. He told the New York Times in 2011 that Kimura described its warning as a rule from our ancestors, which no one in Enoshi dares to break. This particular stone in Enoshi dates back to the 1930s. After the village was devastated by the 1896 tsunami, it was rebuilt in that same place. But when another tsunami struck in 1933, the village was moved uphill. Somebody say uphill. A tsunami stone was put in place after that disaster and is credited with saving the town in 1960 and again in 2011. Many tsunami stones date back even further than the one in Ananoshi, having been erected up to 600 years ago. Some feature warnings to seek higher ground in the wake of an earthquake. Others give death tolls or mark mass graves. A few denote places' names with clear messages like Nokori, the Valley of Survivors, or Nemawaki, Wave's Edge. These monuments were built with a name on it to say this is where the survivors began and this is the edge of the waves that came. Around the country and other towns on the coast came to ignore uh, other towns on the coast came to ignore these historical warnings over time, and many suffered as a result. Some stones were even washed away by the last tsunami, presenting an implicit dual warning. Somebody say warning. The warning is the water can always go higher, and even massive 10-foot wall stones may not be able to resist its power. Catherine Schultz, a Pulitzer Prize winning, wrote an article uh, and said, in the end, she entitled this article as the really big one. The magnitude 9.0 to Hoku earthquake and tsunami and subsequent tsunami killed more than 18,000 people. It devastated the northeast Japan. It triggered the meltdown of Fukushima power plant and cost an estimated $220 billion worth of damage. Today, some see the stones themselves as outmoded, remnants of a pre-digital age. Modern Japan has a rich variety of high-tech warning systems in place. With new technology, they have sounds and alarms and all these things. It also has a well-marked evacuation routes and high seawalls in key places. A few new stones were made in the wake of the 2011 disaster, but primarily as memorials rather than warnings. There are calls, however, to reprise the tsunami stone ethos in new ways. Disused structures along sites of coastal destruction, for instance, could be left as is the destruction of the tsunami. They said we have to put up a memorial for people to remember the disasters that took place. They said we will leave the buildings as is 
So people will be go by that as a memorial to what happened in the tsunami. As reminders. Whatever the physical manifestation, the idea has a powerful effect. Leave messages in the built environment for future generations. Meanwhile, the residents of Ananoshi would caution against ignoring of their ancestors. Technology and preparation can help. But only building higher is what we should do to build a sure defense against the next tsunami. They would go back and forth by saying, if we just live here and remind people of what happened, but we will still live in the place of the tsunami. And then you have people that are living higher up and says, don't you understand what these stones represent? And the reason why our ancestors said not to build down any further is because there is the destruction that is going to come to your life. Wonder many times and we look across the landscape of our world that many people will go through disaster and we applaud people for rebuilding. But then another disaster comes, and then we applaud them for rebuilding. And then another disaster comes, and we applaud them for rebuilding. I'm here to tell you today, God maybe is trying to move you to a different level so you stop coming in front of impending disaster. Many of us need to understand and heed the word of the Lord and say, I need to take wise counsel, I need to take instruction, and I need to have wisdom within me that says I'm tired of dealing with a tsunami. I'm going to build my heart and my life just a little bit higher. Genesis, or excuse me, Exodus chapter number 20. God spake all these words saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt and out of the hand and the land of bondage. The Lord was writing this on Moses' heart, but Moses was seeing God write it also on tablets of stone. This was not just a memorial. This was a warning sign. Thou shalt not have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee a graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water underneath the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, young people, hear me today. Those are warning signs of impeding disaster. If you do not love the Lord God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, when the Lord said thou shalt have no other gods before me that was just not a memorial that was a warning of impending disaster if you do not heed my word ah Having another god before the lord will only take you down a road that you're not prepared for hmm Thou shalt not make any engraven image. Thou shalt not bow down themselves to them nor serve them. For I am the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and the fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Verse number seven. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. That is not not just a thing that we hope to, to try to do. Ladies and gentlemen, young people, be careful of what you say about the Lord. Be careful of how you treat the name of God because that is a trap and that is a warning to you. 
Six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work. Excuse me, verse number 8. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Many of us begin to think that that is just coming to church on Sunday. But the Sabbath does not really talk about, it's really not about coming to church on Sunday. The Sabbath day is the infilling of the Holy Ghost. In other words, I want the Holy Ghost to be pure. I need to keep the Holy Ghost in me pure and holy. I need to be right before the Lord. I need to be like Paul and die myself out daily unto to God. These are warning signs of impeding tsunami disasters if they are not held to. Verse number 12, let's drop down there. Honor thy father and thy mother. It sounds a lot like Proverbs. That thy days may be along upon the land which the Lord hath give, God hath given thee. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor manservant or maidservant, nor ox or donkey, nor any other thing is thy neighbors in other words you got to be careful of what road you go down these are warning signs for us to adhere to these are warning signs of impeding disaster if we do not come in covenant with God Proverbs 18 and 12 says before destruction a man's heart is haughty hmm I feel a haughty spirit in this room right now. There's somebody in this room, you think you got it all figured out and you don't need God. I'm coming for your soul right now and say there's a destruction that is coming to a man's heart when he is haughty and he's full of pride and you feel like you don't need God. I'm telling you that you need Jesus. I said you need Jesus. My God. Hear me today, young people. There's a lot of things in this world that will come your way. And you think it's going to be okay that I'll have tomorrow to pray. I'll have next week to go to the house of God. Pastor will come and pray for me. I'll have friends pray for me. No, you are not sure of tomorrow. And when you get a haughty spirit and you think you got it all worked out, be careful because destruction is coming your way. But humility comes before honor. Buy the truth and sell it not. Buy wisdom and sell it not. Buy instruction and sell it not. Buy understanding and sell it not. What the people on the top of that hill on the mountain at Yokoshiri, at the top of that village, they were trying to teach people that they would build houses at the valley. They would build homes and businesses at the valley. And they begin to shake their head. Don't you understand the wisdom in this stone? Don't you understand the wise words in this stone? Don't you understand the instructions in this stone? Don't you understand? And the understanding in this stone. Don't you understand the truth in this stone? Ladies and gentlemen, these words were written for understanding, for wisdom, for instructions. There is reason why the Lord says my word is lifted higher than my name. If you're not in the word, then you don't understand. If you're not in the word, you don't have wisdom. If you're not in the word, my God, I said if you're not in the word, then there is nothing to hold you in the time of the wave of destruction. My God. 
speak to you now of some impending disasters that are happening in the church right now. I feel the Holy Ghost, and I'm telling you, I'm just going to preach it. There is a spirit of Antichrist in this world. The Antichrist may or may not be alive today. There is much speculation about the identity of the Antichrist. But the Bible doesn't say specifically where the Antichrist will come from. But 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 and 4 tells us how we will recognize the Antichrist. It says, don't let anyone deceive you in any way. For that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the men of lawlessness is revealed and the man doomed to destruction. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped so that he sets himself up in God's temple proclaiming God to be God himself. I'm going to preach against the spirit of the Antichrist right now when you begin to lift yourself up higher than the word and you begin to lift up your spirit higher than the word of God or the presence of God. Be careful of impeding destruction that will come. You think you got it all worked out. You think you got your family all figured out. You don't have anything. The devil's got you figured out. I'm here. I'm coming for you here today. There is a soul that is in the balance today. And I'm preaching to give you caution and warning to the spirit of the Antichrist. The spirit of a haughty spirit. A spirit that thinks he doesn't need anything else. And he definitely don't need God. You need to understand one thing. I'm coming for your soul right now. Young person, adult, I'm coming for you. I'm here to preach to you today. Do not be deceived by the cares of this world. Get in the word. Receive instruction. Receive it with humility and love. A warning. Spirit of the Antichrist that is infiltrating the church. When you begin to love the world more than the things of God, you got the spirit of the Antichrist that's trying to work on you. Mm, got quiet there. We don't like to talk about the Antichrist. We don't like to talk about that, but he's coming. Ready or not, he's coming. I said ready or not, he's coming. That's why we got to buy the truth and sell it not. That's why we got to buy wisdom and sell it not. That's why we got to buy instruction and sell it not. There's got to be something deep in our soul that says, I will not falter and I will not fail. Christians, we are to avoid sin. But this can be quite a task. Somebody say amen. Because we are sinful beings. We are carnal beings. As much as we don't want to, sometimes we still fall prey to an attitude, being intolerant, if you will, being hurtful. Bitterness tries to wake up in us. Dad said it yesterday in our men's meeting. The reason why Paul said, I die daily. He says, I pray more than the rest of you. Paul said, I speak in tongues more than the rest of you. Why did Paul say that? Dad says, because we all leak. I said, we all leak sometimes. And we feel as though that we have 
can we come against and all of a sudden the devil will try to say that we're not good enough, that we're not wise enough, we don't know enough, you feel like you're the last man in and you don't fit in, you don't fit out and nowhere else accepts you but this world. That is a lie of this world. The devil is a liar and a father of them all. He wants you to know and make you feel like he got it all, you got it all worked out. But I'm telling you, there's another tsunami wave of destruction about to come into your life. So let me be the beachhead for you and let me be the stone that is written upon the mountain of God and say don't build beyond this point God is holy we cannot tolerate sin and our sin separates us from him becoming a barrier to our fellowship with him that's why it's hard for many of us it takes us 30 minutes to begin to worship the Lord because we have allowed the things and the cares of this world to carry us, to carry our mind and our heart places that we never intended them to go. And we try to correct the course. But the Bible teaches us, I'm going to say it again, die daily. Why? So I can keep my course and my election sure. That I can make sure I'm getting good instruction today. If all you're getting is instruction on Sunday, you've missed the boat completely. I need instruction and wisdom on Monday just as much as I do on Sunday. I need it on Thursday just as much as I do on Sunday. Why families are falling apart is because there's not instruction, godly instruction in the home. Isaiah 59.2 says, your iniquities have become a separation between you and your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so he does not hear. No wonder trying to lean to your own understanding. The seriousness of sin should make us realize that we cannot tolerate it or give sin any ground in our lives. David was a man after God's own heart because he was quick to repent. So the warning is against sin. If you and when you do fall, you need to be quick to get back up on your feet and say, God, forgive me. Next warning I want to share with you is the last days. Last days is not a topic many people, including Christians, we talk about. Just like the spirit of the Antichrist. Few churches preach or teach on the last days. In particularly the Old Testament. When they do preach it, which I'm going to preach Matthew 24 here in just a few minutes. But if they preach on Mark 13, Matthew 24, and Luke 21, or the book of Revelation. But when pastors only touch on the end times in the New Testament, we're starting at the end of the story and at the beginning. In order to know what the Bible says about the last days, it's important that we look at the Old Testament, the beginning of the book. The first last days prediction can be found in Genesis. This passage speaks of the last days of the 12 tribes of Israel. Jacob's time is short. It would not be long before he departs from this world. And before he passes, he calls for his sons to gather together that he might tell them the things that will befall them in the last days. Some of the sons receive the good news while others hear of loss and condemnation. It's just like in the Old Testament to the New Testament. This message will fall on good ground and it will fall on bad ground. Some will not allow the seed of the word of God to get into their soul and then others will respond and say, God, I need to be right with you. 
there is coming a day that Jesus will part the skies. And it could be right now. Your skies, your sky, the Lord coming, could be found in a motorcycle accident. Hmm. Your last day could be found in a sorrowful despair of disease and cancer. Your last day could be found in an unpredicting scenario. But others, we may live a long life and die from this earth of old age. But your day is coming one way or another. But those that are alive and remain, I want to be part of the one that will be lifted up unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is coming. I said Jesus is coming. I said Jesus is coming. And it won't be very long. I said it won't be very long. I'm going to preach it. I said Jesus is coming and it won't be very long. It may be shorter for some of you. Speak to you now of the warning of counterfeits. Young people, there's a bunch of counterfeit Christians out there. Adults, there's a bunch of counterfeit Christians out there, and you can find them on TV, you can find them on social media, you can find people. You better be careful who allow you allow speak into your life. I said you better be careful who you allow to speak in your life. Christ appeals to Scripture, but false Christ don't appeal to Scripture. That's why, though, you need to be in the Word of God. That's why you need to study to show yourself approved. Because when the false counterfeits Christ and the things of the world come against you, you will know within your spirit because you got the word of God in you. And you say, that doesn't appeal to God. So it doesn't appeal to me. And the only way you're going to know if it's a counterfeit is if you equip yourself with the knowledge of the word of God. The only way to know if you have a counterfeit $100 bill is to know what the authentic looks like. I said the only way to know if something's counterfeit is to know what a real deal looks like. That's why we need to be in the courts of the righteous. That's why we need to be around people of God. That's why we need to be in the prayer room. That's why we need to be in the house of God. Because I want to know the real thing. So I am not deceived by the things of this world. They have an entire different appeal. There is often a monetary motive involved in entirely selfish motivation that counterfeit Christ. It's important that you pay close attention to their message. Find that the serpent was in the garden. You better be careful, that slick-tongued little devil. The devil is not walking around with a, with a, with a tail and horns and a pitchfork in his hand. He's walking around. He's got. He's he's beautiful. I said he's beautiful. The Bible. You go back to I think Ezekiel or Isaiah. He describes how beautiful Satan is. That's a, that's why when you look at the things of this world, well, that's beautiful. That must be of God. Be careful of the counterfeit. I said, be careful of the praise that you give to this world. Be careful of the counterfeits, Christ. Important that you pay close attention to their message. First Peter 1.19 or 2 Peter 1.19, we have the word of the prophets made more certain, and you will do well to pay attention to it. Ah. 
have the word of the prophets of the Old Testament. You better be wise to take pay close attention to it. In other words, the people of Yokoshama, that hill, they said, I got the words of the ancestors written in stone here. You might want to pay close attention to it. Ask yourself, what kind of message is this person delivering? You feel like any part of the message isn't aligned with God's message? They're a counterfeit. That's all right. Amen, brother. There is a spirit of backsliding in the church right now. I'm going to preach against that. You're all just going to have to hang with me. I said there's a spirit of back. I come against the spirit. I'm reaching for your soul right now in the name of Jesus. If the church is going to grow... If somebody does fall by the wayside, it is not the church's job to be a jerk and kick people while they're down. We need to pray for them, uplift them, and say Jesus is still on the throne. Come on, I wish somebody clapped with me. We are not to condemn. We're here to save and seek and save that which is lost. Backsliding refers to someone going backwards. Spiritually or even morally. When a believer backslides, he falls back into the same way, into a less desirable condition. I wonder what the people on the mountain saw when they began to rebuild around the shores of Japan. Back, they drove right past those memorials. They drove right past the warning signs. It won't happen again. I pray for New Orleans. I hope it doesn't happen again. Falls back in the same way into a less desirable condition. His lapse may be a relatively minor one or even unintentional. He may simply fall back through neglect by not praying. He's reading the Bible. It could be as simple as keeping his focus on God. On the other hand, a believer may backslide by deliberately choosing to indulge in life's sinful pleasures. Type of backsliding can carry disastrous consequences. I know what the tsunami wrecked in my life, but I'm going to build here again. I know the consequences of sin, but that won't happen again, I promise. I'll just build my life right back where I used to be. Nothing will happen again. Certainly, another tsunami. Certainly another earthquake will not destroy my life again. Bring dishonor to the one who laid down his life for us. But there's good news for us when we backslide. God doesn't condemn him. God's loving concern for backsliders steadfast and sure. When a backslider or the prodigal comes home, the father is on the porch, if you will, Worshiping and thanking and running out to meet him. If you're in a backslidden state today, if you run home to daddy, if you run home to the master, the Lord will meet you exactly where he needs to meet you and he will receive you with open arms. Colossians 2 and 8 says, see to it that no man, no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition. 
and the basic principles of world rather than Christ. We should pay special attention today to the principles of God, not the way the world tells us how to move. The Apostle Peter closed his writing with a warning. Everybody say a warning. To the believers, he's therefore, dear friends, since you already know this to be on your guard, that you may not be carried away by the air of lawless men and fall from your secure position. But grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory now and forever. I believe that was Second Peter, excuse me. Stones, monuments, warning signs are imperative to look at and to know and to adhere to. Have me try to show a video. I was going to show a video at the end of this message here today, but I have a picture for you. Brother Raphael can put that up there. This is a picture of my grandmother. A week before we moved here, a week before we moved here, she got even worse, uh, worse off and very sick. We moved here on a Monday, and she passed away that next Sunday. Seven days she passed away. And while we were in the process of moving a few weeks before, we went, and I would go to her little apartment, and right on the other side of Raceway Road, and she said, Tim, she called me Timmy, said, Timmy, tell me what the Word of God has shown you. I said, I'm not really having anything prepared, and I thought I needed to prepare a message. She said, well, tell me what you have spoke about the last time that you spoke in the pulpit. So I opened my Bible, and I began to tell her what the Lord has shared with me. And it felt so feeble to instruct and begin to share the Word of the Lord to somebody that it has more knowledge than me. It has more wisdom to me. It was such a feeble attempt to share the Word of God. But she was so kind in the midst of her oxygen machine, in the midst of the, uh, of the tightness of the quarters, in the, in the midst of everything, the surroundings. Uh, and she began to say, Timmy, that was a great word of God. Everything in the word of God is real. And she began to encourage me. And she began to, to tell me things that I needed to hear. And I remember the video that uh, my father had taken. And this is, I don't know exactly when, Becky, how long ago was this before she passed? It's probably just a couple, two or three weeks, maybe a month before she passed. And this is the last words that I heard my grandmother speak. And I'm going to read to you exactly what she's reading in the Word of God. My grandmother began, my father began to talk to her in this video and began to say, Mom, share the Word of the Lord with your son. Share the Word of God. What is the Lord speaking to you about? And she said, in the last words that I hear her today, Matthew 24 and says as he and as he sat upon the mount of olives the disciples came unto him privately saying tell us when these when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world she's reading this and Jesus answered and said unto them take heed that no man deceive you for many shall come in my name saying I am Christ and shall deceive many 
woman of faith, a woman who taught Bible studies, a woman that was along, she was a preacher's wife, she was a home missionary's wife, she was in part of all these wonderful things, but some of the last words that she shared upon this life, she said, take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that ye be not troubled for all these things must come to pass but the end is not yet for nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places all these are the beginning of sorrows then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake and then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many and because iniquity shall abound the love of many shall wax cold but he that endure shall endure until the end the same shall be saved and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for the witness unto all nations and then the end shall come her words in Matthew 24 was very powerful to me because I remembered dad showed me this video many about four or five maybe four years ago and three and a half, four years ago, and I texted him last week. I said, Dad, what was that final video you got of Grandma? What was that? Because I, rem- I don't remember the scripture, but I know it, and I needed to hear it. And so I began to open up that video. He sent that to me this week, and I said, my God, if the ancestor that has gone on to be with the Lord, her last words need to say, beware of the deceitful things of this world, then I need to hold fast. To the stone that has been spoken. Like people in Japan on the top of that hill. They put those stones on the edge of where the tsunamis would come. And then they built their homes above where that tsunami came. I find it very interesting today in this hour that we live. That many are deceived is just keep building in a path of destruction. You keep doing the same thing over and over again. You're going to get the same thing over and over again. (laughs) It's time to build something new. I said it's time to build something new. It's time to build upon the word of God that was written. Build a life upon the great law of God. Bible that you have, electronic devices, this is just not paper. I said it's just not paper. It's not a script on your phone, but it is a warning sign of impeding destruction if your life is not built upon the word of God. Pastor, how am I to know everything in the word of God? You will never understand everything there is to understand. But it takes a daily walk with him. And guess what? When you receive instructions, 
and you receive wisdom of the word of God. You may not understand, but it's still wisdom. Message title today is always read the stones. Always read the stones. I looked at my grandmother and began to think maybe there will be a day if I'm old and gray, more gray than I am now, what will be the words that I pass on to the next generation. Be money in the bank, I guarantee you that. Write them a million dollar check and put it in the, put it in my, give it to the ink, they'll bounce, but they'll just write them a, they'll feel like they'll go, they'll be joying, skipping all the way to the bank till they find that there ain't no money in the bank. Told my kids not too long ago, I said, this house is going to burn one day. It's going to burn one day. It's going to burn only thing that's going to last is your soul and your soul is going to end up one place or another so be not deceived in these last days I gotta be honest with you I've been doing some painting around the house and I got frustrated at painting my wife was so nice to me she gave me a hug she said thank you for painting I just started laughing she didn't know what I was preparing to preach about. And I, I, I believe in having things nice and all that thing. But I, in my spirit, I'm thinking, this is going to burn. Why am I painting this house? Back's hurting. Thank you, my feet's hurting. God, help me not be deceived by the things of this world. Let me not get distracted with the finer things in life that will keep me from the finer things of the Word of God. Grandma, if you're listening right now, her name is Alma Jean. Help me to pass on the inscription of the stone. The warning is do not be deceived. You can stand with me right now. Whether you look out the calm waters of your life, but you don't understand there is a tsunami that's coming. The devil is a liar and he will do everything he can. He will do everything he can to make it look like the landscape is good. And make it look like the sun is shining and everything is okay. But if you're not in the word, you will be deceived. The Bible says perilous times will come. I said they will come. So if I know it's coming, why in the world would I build my home in the path of destruction? Why would I build my home in the path of destruction if I know it's going to destroy? It's not wise. I said it's not wise. There are some places that insurances won't even cover you building a home. Because they know that the flood's coming. You go down to Florida, the houses are built on 15 and 20 foot stilts. 
Why is that? Because they know a flood is coming. They know it's coming. New Orleans knows there's a, there's a storm coming. So people are preparing. I don't know about you, but I would think about moving out of New Orleans. I'm sure it's a beautiful place, and I'm sure it's, if you have family there, I, I'm just talking spiritually here. Is that okay? If your life is a perpetual disaster waiting to happen, challenge you here today to start to build a home high a little bit higher your life the foundation upon the word of God thank you for listening to today's message if you like what you've heard please subscribe rate and review this podcast if you would like to know more information about our church please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church may God richly bless you